Get ready for the world's greatest Arsenal podcast. Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Enjoy the show. Hello, welcome to another episode of Guns and Yellow Ribbons. My name is Fergus and I am your host. Today I'm joined by old man Trev, as usual, and from the Burkamp Wonderland, Dan. Um, we will be looking back at the City game, the official robbery by uh, Stuart um, Atwell. And uh, we're also going to look ahead to some other things like the League Cup semi-final and possibly the Forest semi- uh, third round game. But we're also going to ask people to give us a call and uh, call into the show. We haven't done this before. Um, so at some point we will put a link up so you can call us. Um, uh, so we might cock up on a few uh, occasions, but first 20 minutes or so, it's going to be the three of us having a chat. Then we'll uh, put a link up and then you can join in if you wish. We'd love to have you on. Um, and uh, Dan would like to say hello. Say hello, Dan. Hello, Dan. Oh, I thought it was John <laughs> then. He always says that on our pod and I think it's funny. Hello. It's nice to be back again. It's getting a bit of a habit, isn't it? Wow. I think we've. Uh, it's always nice to speak to people of your own generation. Who, uh, who don't just go and write stuff and make stuff up because I saw a DVD from when they were three and think they know it all. Which just well, yeah, you and, Tre- you, you, you and Trev have a lot in common. Yeah, I, I, I can get that. <laughs> <laughs> Trevor, how are you? I'm all right, mate. I've, I've, I've actually calmed down now. It's taken a couple of days for me to get over that, uh, that game on Saturday. Um, it was... Um, an unbelievable day uh, for more than one reason, for many reasons. It was an unbelievable day at the Arsenal and uh, lots to talk about. I dare say we could talk all night about it. So we're going to have to reel ourselves in and uh, just just go over it. I know, but um, amazing, amazing. But what I will start it off with, Fergus, mate, is I'm telling, I'm honestly saying now that was one of the best Arsenal performances I've seen in a long, 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 long time. I can't remember seeing a better Arsenal performance not for not for a long time. I think the closest one that I can remember is probably the FA Cup final against Chelsea, um, uh, where we went in there, and even the semi final against City as well. But we went into both games feeling very much as underdogs. Um, I don't think we went into this game as underdogs. We went into this game very realistic to say that if we'd come out of the game with one point um, and put in a performance, and even if we had lost and put in a performance, we'd all be happy. And the result of two one, which we'll we'll go into and talk about. If that was running into the form that we had been running into and we'd left that performance on the pitch, it would be okay. But it was just marred by incompetence uh, along the way by Stuart Atwell. And I, can't, I don't even know the guy's name on the VAR, but we'll, we'll, we'll go into that. Let's look at the lineups, first of all. The lineups, uh, one change from the starting 11, which was Tommy Asu in for holding. And uh, somebody else different on the bench. And Christ, Albert is all I'm going to call him because... Um, uh, I can't pronounce his surname at all because I'm awful with names. I'm awful with everything like that. Um, and Saka had actually made his debut on this day uh, three years ago. Dan, what did you make of the lineup? It seems to be a, a pretty solid eleven that we have. And do you like that? That there's less rotation. Yeah, uh, that has become a pattern from Arteta in, in probably the last two months, where he's just keeping the same team, the same players. Even when Smith Rowe's coming on, scoring goals, playing magnificently, he's still, you're not coming on. I think that's important because he can come on and play any one of those, uh, well, I suppose four of those positions and maybe even up front with his eye for goal. But uh, this is continuity is how you you build good teams. I mean, George Graham used to say, you build a team from the back 
And then he didn't say this, but I'm sure if you'd have asked him, you'd have gone, and continuity is important. We don't use that word on here. Oh, continuity. Okay, yeah, that's fine. Sorry. <laughs> the earphones are playing up again. <laughs> Sorry. Um, it was easy, Tiger. Easy, Tiger. We've got quite a few people in the chats. Hello uh, to Joe. Hello to Trolls. A uh, new listener as well is Alex uh, from Uganda. Hello, Alex. Welcome to the show. Um, make sure if you do want to call us, you give us a, a call in. We're going to look at the. We're going to carry on looking at the Man City game. Uh, the Man City game. Uh, Ten minutes in, Atwell had been summoned to the screen to review a VAR uh, decision. Now, this is the first of the two penalties, and I'll bring up the two penalties, and we'll talk them. Talk about them individually as they come. Trevor, I'll go to you first of all. So this first one on the left-hand side is where um, Edison uh, comes in on uh, Odegaard's foot. Now, in live play, we can't show that because we'll get summoned by Sky Police or whoever, but in live in live uh, play, I call that as a penalty immediately, never mind looking at VAR and so on. What did, what did you make of it watching it live? You were at the stadium. I was at, I was at home. So... Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm down, I'm I'm watching from a distance, and I because it's first half, so it's down the other end. Fergus, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna diverse for about ten seconds. Um, people, I'm just I've got Sky News on in the background, and uh, this Cavi bloke on, you know him that said that Tommy Yasu couldn't play. He knew all about Tommy Yasu. Couldn't wasn't a defender. Couldn't play. Couldn't play right back. Couldn't play centre half. If you've got Sky News now on Sky Sports News now, turn it off because this Cavi bloke that's on now knows nothing. He's a smug mug, <laughs> knows nothing. Anyway, back to the game. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was a penalty. But do you know what, Fergus? I can't dwell on whether they were or whether they weren't penalties because they could have both been given, right? It's what's really got my back up and what I cannot get out of my head is the inconsistency of the refereeing decisions and the actions of the four or five officials at the game, you know. We, we, we're talking about it all week about he went and had a look at the screen for Xhaka's foul, but he didn't go and have a look at the screen for the foul on Odegaard. Um, Xhaka was done for 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 a tug on a shirt, and you see, you see worse in every game. Defenders pull attackers every single game and properly wrestle them and don't get penalised. Xhaka has grabbed the shirt of a diving uh, silver, is it silver, isn't it? Of a diving silver. He's yep. grabbed the shirt of a diving player who's already going down, who's already decided he's, he's going to play for the penalty. And and the breath's gone to the screen. If he goes to the screen today, he should have gone to the screen for for the one on Odegaard. That's what plays me up. And, and, and something else that's really great in my head is I sat there and watched the game. It was an exciting game of football. Fergus, it was it was a... It, there was a very skillful team in Manchester City on the field that we knew, we knew what Man City brought with them. Yeah, they played, they played. Mares stuck to the touchline on the other side. Um, Sterling stuck to the touchline on the other wing. Yeah, and they trusted the players inside them, which meant that Sterling and Mares had lots of space. And for the first five minutes or so, I thought, oh, we're in trouble here. But this is where the important bit comes in. We already knew that. Man City were capable of playing high class quality football. But we found out on Saturday that the Arsenal have now improved to a level where they can match that. They can match that football. They played them at their own game. And Fergus, we were the better side for 90 minutes. We were honestly 
the better side for 90 minutes. We, 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 we worked out what they were doing and we nullified that. And then we started coming into the game and, and our young lads were, were superb. Uh, you can't put a better word on it than superb. And when it comes back to consistency, just to finish off, right? After 90 minutes, Arsenal had had five bookings. Yeah? Man City hadn't had any. And there's only one word that comes into my game, into my mind, that could sum that up. Because the game didn't reflect that. The game didn't reflect five bookings for us and no bookings for them after 90 minutes. The only thing you can bring to mind is what are the officials doing? What's going on with officials? What's going on? It wasn't... It, it wasn't day, a... uh, you see, at the end, I'm just summing up and finishing now, Fergus. At the end of the day, I should have left that ground thinking I have seen an amazing game of football. An amazing game of football. And I did think that. But foremost in my mind was someone that was on the field that you shouldn't even notice, the referee. And that's got to change. That's got to change, mate. Dan, your thoughts on 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 the first penalty? Well, probably the, the first penalty. Uh, I, I I personally, as I said, I, th- I thought it was a penalty, um, and I agree with totally with um, with Trev on the inconsistency uh, along the way uh, about going to the VAR screen because the second one, which I'll let you cover as well if you want. Um, do, do you want do you want to have a look at that? Um, the, depends on. VAR is black and white. There is no grey area of VAR. It's the morons who um, who officiate VAR, and we all know who they are, and they all they all regularly make mistakes. And we all know that when the referee gets called over, if he says no penalty, and then he gets called over to VAR to check the penalty, only once ever has the the referee gone, no, it actually wasn't a penalty. You know, as soon as he's getting called over, he's going to give a penalty. And you look at the slow, you look at the, the penalty in normal normal speed, it may be, it doesn't look like a penalty. But then when you slow it down and slow it down again, you see that the goalkeeper's foot hits our player's foot before he hits the ball. And so Correct. there you go, penalty. And if you're going to take it to the nth degree, you either do or you don't. You don't do it for the, uh, our one and go, no penalty. And then for their one, go, oh, yeah, it is a penalty. And then I also read that there must be between the player's shirt and the hand holding it, the arm must be in a V, as in to get it like that and to pull it downward, not in a straight line. And it wasn't in a V. There's no, there was no mm-hmm. V going on there. He had the underneath when I was, his shirt. I, I watched um, BT Sports, and I don't particularly like Rio Ferdinand, but he absolutely crucified Peter Wooten, um, mm-hmm. the referee that they're using in the studio. And uh, they talked uh, in particular about um, I think they, everybody in the studio agreed the first one should have been a penalty. And the second one, um, I, I, I think uh, what they were saying was that uh, Shaka pulled on his shirt and that's the reason he was given it. And I said, well, uh, then they said, but he was going down. His The direction he was being pulled on his shirt wasn't changing his direction. He was already going down when he pulled on his shirt. So he was diving, hence why the referee waved him up. And they, he also didn't have a, a great angle against the first one from uh, our penalty shed. So... Give him a little bit of credit there from where his positioning was. Um, but I think the consistency of him not going over to if, if you're going to go over and see it, you should be good over and seeing it. Also, I've been led to believe that he was told, uh, You better go over and have a look at this one, uh, Stuart. But bear in mind, there was a pull of the shirt, so he's already, even before he's seen it, he's guided in the decision he's going to go down the route of. Um, and that needs that needs to be sorted. Listen, look at some of the positives. Saka's goal for the first one. What did you make of the, the, the first goal? Um, Danny, we'll come to you first, and then we'll talk about Martinelli. 
absolutely stunning it just uh you know sometimes in football you you have an opinion and you get and people go bullshit that's that, that they say nonsense that's not a good opinion my opinion was kieran tierney is not only the best left back at arsenal one of the best left backs playing in the premier league maybe in in europe at the moment he he has everything he's defense speed attacking creativity and passion that's michael in sweden and uh you've got a swedish listener or viewer and uh and they were saying Tavares. Now, Tavares could end up being a great player. He has got so many attributes, but he reminds me a little bit of Kalasnic. Maybe not that great at defending, quite good at getting forward and uh, as, as a kind of um, left wing back position. But Tierney showed at the weekend what a magnificent player he is because we, we relied on him for two seasons. And then when it then when it come down to we got a load of other decent players, people are going, we don't need him anymore. Now, that bloke should still play every game and it, when he can and he should be captain. And the way that he... He saw that ball and he ran with it and he kept on going and it, hello. <laughs> and there was a, um, and the way he put that ball in and, and not just for someone who, a tyranny who's what, 24, something like that, but for Saka to see that that ball's coming, to get into position to get it and then do what he did against probably the best team in world football at the moment. And a magnificent goal. And he did that in the last game as well. It seems that, I don't know if they've decided in training, Put the ball where the goalie can't reach it. Now, we saw in the last game, two goals were put in the in the bottom corners. If you put them in the top corners, they're a little bit harder. But you put them in the bottom corners, the referee, the, the goalkeeper is really going to struggle to try and get there. And we have seen so many goals in the last, this run of form that we've had where they're spanking them into the bottom left, bottom right corner. And it's making it really hard for the goalkeeper to get to it. But that goal was just, oh, I screamed and used the C word and, 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 and called him a, a, a dirty... A dirty person because I, I can't control my emotions. I, it wasn't that long ago when Arsenal would score, and I'd be hmm, don't care because it, I just knew it'd end in tears. And now every time we score, I think that's it. This game is won. We've done it. And then we should have scored more. And then the referee got in the way of Martinelli scoring. And coming back to the penalties quickly, as as a as a big team, you usually get the advantage when you're playing at home. If that game, if that, if that had been Liverpool at home, Man City, Man United, maybe even Spurs and those other teams, those penalties would have gone the other way. The home team wouldn't have been penalised and the home team would have got one at the other end. But it's Arsenal. And yet again, we've been mugged off like we, like we regularly are. And there's that statistic going around in the Premier League history. Arsenal had more sendings off than any other team. I think we're on 100 and the next one's on 99 and then maybe West Ham on 87. And it's just the whole time because it's Northern referees and they all hate Arsenal. There, there was a big debate that we had in a WhatsApp group about Northern referees. Uh, and I don't think there's one Southern referee at all. Trevor, um, uh, Danny talked about Martinelli and uh, also the positioning of, of Atwell. But before that, and before we look at how we were robbed by that last minute, like 93rd minute um, goal that I was just, I was just, settling down to go, okay, yeah, a point is a good point in, in, in this situation. And it was a right kick in the stomach. But Martinelli could have put us away two or three times um, uh, and we could have been home and dry by about three three um, three goals, do you not think, Trev? Yeah, on another day we could have been Fergus, but I can't, I'm not knocking any of the players at the weekend for, for what happened. Bearing in mind, two things Danny said there a key, you know. We... Let's let's be let's be fair. In my mind, Manchester City are the best team in the world right now, right? Manchester City, there isn't a team on this planet that Manchester City wouldn't give a game and probably beat, right? And we've gone out against this Manchester City team, man. We have 
in, in certain parts of the game, we've played them off the park. They've played us off the park at times as well, but that's what good teams do. But we've matched that, right? So it's a key point Danny makes there. Manchester City at the moment are the best team in the country and probably the best team in the world, right? And secondly, I owe Tierney an apology, Ferg. I owe Tierney an apology because when when uh, Tavares came in and started playing, I thought, oh, wow, you know, we've got a bit of a selection dilemma here because this Tavares lad can play and he can play. But Tierney has shown over the last three or four weeks just why he is back in the side. His commitment to the calls and he's, he, he's, he's superb, absolutely superb. So I'm not blaming. I'm not. I'm, yeah, Martinelli could have scored a couple of goals, you know. And um, on another day, we go in at half time three nil up, but we didn't. And I'm not going to knock him for that, mate. I tell you what. Um, um, I tell you what. I don't know if you remember it during the game. There was one long ball that Ramsdale played out from the back out to Martinelli on the wing, and he just took it in his stride on his foot and was away. It was it and was an amazing piece of skill, and it was it was that much. He missed straight across the goal, bottom corner. He went for, uh, and yeah, he was so so close. I, I was watching in the kitchen with my friend, and um, yeah, we were jumping around. And then there was the, uh, I don't know who came in. Was it Odegaard? And it, it came off the keeper, and um, he then hit the the corner of the upright. It was just it was it was outstanding. There was it quite disappointing to see uh, the positioning of a referee. Why a referee should be in this position here? Um, because uh, you know Martelli was uh, close to score if, if he didn't have to go around the referee to get the ball, is what that tweet said. That should um, be a penalty. Referee should have been sent off for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, did you? I don't. If you've watched match of the day, you can see the no. run that he makes. The run that he, or even any highlights reel, the run that he makes. Martelli is—he seems Martelli can turn on his burners, but when he's sitting waiting for the ball, he type of holds himself back, holds himself back. The referee puts the burners on and just goes for it. Absolutely goes for it. Listen, before we finish up on that one, I just want to let people know that it, we are going to do, try this in a couple of minutes. So if you'd like to call us, I'm going to tell you how you can do it. You will need like your earphones in and just your phone on landscape if you're going to use your phone because then you look nice and pretty on here. And uh, if you can be uh, in a light room, it's brilliant. But let me let me stick up this here. So if you click onto uh, our website, so go to gunsandyellowribbons.com. And in the top right-hand corner, this little microphone, you can either click on that or just below it says join the show. Join the show, you'll sit in the background and then we'll bring you on and you can have your say for a few minutes. We'll, we'll see how many we can go through, but be gentle with us. Trevor's never done this before. I have. I've done it with Dan Potsy when we're very, 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 very drunk in Leeds uh, late late in the evening, so I can't really remember it. So speak to some of you soon. Go on, Dan. You were going to say, sorry. No, oh. I wasn't. Uh, oh, oh, okay. Uh, Ferg, oh, sorry. We, we must remember the referees as well, right? I'm just looking at Sky News now. We've had that caveat on, and now we've got Jamie O'Rara on. Talk about give airtime to two waste of spaces, eh? Talk about waste of spaces getting airtime. Jesus Christ, Sky Sports News. Come on, at least get someone on that knows what they're talking about. Anyway, Fergus, what we've got to remember is, right, with these referees, is that they, they apparently don't answer to anybody. We never hear an explanation from that top man. Yeah, we all we all think about things and we all discuss things. And we all speculate about what goes on, but we never, ever hear from the top man in English refereeing. They are not apparently held accountable for what they do. 
you know. And until that changes, until there's a bit of pressure on them and they're not swanning around like they own the place and, re- and they remember that they're there to referee, not to be superstars, we're going to struggle. This Riley bloke, who, by the way, refereed the only... Um, uh, put in the only worst refereeing performance that I've ever seen on Saturday, yeah? Mike Riley is the top man. He leads them. And I, I, don't know if we, I don't know if I miss it, but we never hear anything or see anything. And the top man ultimately should take responsibility for refereeing performances like Saturday. But when you know that top man used to put in worse refereeing performances, what chance has the game got of improving? None really. None really. Um, Yeah, to be honest, I I think referees should become more accountable. I think um, 20 minutes after the game, they talk to the manager. Why can't they come out and speak to um, uh, the the media or even an hour or so afterwards? There's there's still loads of media going on. They've now got retired referees in studios saying uh, questioning decisions or justifying the decisions of one of their cronies. Uh, You know, the game has moved on so much further that we should be getting that information. Remember, if you want to join us, it's gunsandyellowribbons.com. Click join the show. Danny, what's what's your thoughts on, on referees? referees in general because this referee that we that we had on on um sunday stuart atwell uh was banned for four years in 2008 for that ghost goal uh, uh reading versus watford i was listening to not another arsenal podcast last night with mike hertz and and the rest of a wonderful podcast friends of mine and mike brought up a point that i never thought about you've got five major leagues england um spain italy germany france you've had corruption in italy and many times with Calciopoli. You've had corruption in France um, with Marseille. You've had corruption in Germany with, um, in t- I think it was 2005. Um, I'm sure there's been stuff going on in Spain. There's been no corruption in England. Now, I think it's not there, there is definitely something going on because the amount of decisions over the years that the big teams will get, especially when it's uh, the northern teams, the northern powerhouses. And then you look at the... Um, uh, I completely forgot what I was saying then. That was coming up to another point. Well, the no, easiest way for this, the easiest way for this game to go corrupt, and we were having a conversation with some friends of ours who'd done the Arsenal history uh, stuff. That, that you know, VAR is the quickest and easiest way for 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 any corruption to creep into it because there's two fine examples. One, go have a look at it, and then influences the decision by saying, "Remember, there's a shirt tug," and mm-hmm. then the other one, "Oh, don't worry, you don't need to look at it because they're being they're being swayed one way or the other by yeah. what they've been said. Why can't they mic up referees? Why can't they put it up on 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 the screen and show us? They're not accountable. Let, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Let's just let's just we must remind people here, Fergus, that we are we are not being accusational. We are speculating and thinking just about debating. what's going on. You know? The third point I was going to make about it, I remembered now, um, it's very typical of British society. You have hi- hierarchy and class systems. You, um, the, the police don't tell the, the politicians what to do. The politicians don't tell the royal family what to do. And there's a trickle down all the way. So the, you've got the, the FA, they're in charge of everything. Then it's the clubs and then it's the players and then it's the fans. We're the bottom. We pay for everything. Pay to go, pay to watch. The advertisers are all advertising at us. So we're all three parts of, of the Venn diagram. We're right in the middle of it all. And you you never question your your superiors. And that's what's going on with, with football, especially in the UK, because the referees see themselves, uh, part of the FA and the PGMOL, as, as above 
the, the clubs, as above the fans, as above the, the supporters. And they're not answerable. And that is a, a typical British thing where you don't question your superiors. And that is never, ever going to change until that we get the P, reorganise the PGMO or have independent people judging the VAR. Because if it's just one person, I know they have many screens, but is it just one person? They usually say today it's Fred Bloggs doing the VAR. But I think, I'm not sure, Dan, but I think they've bought a, a VAR assistant referee, I've heard them say this year. I don't know the ins and outs of that. I don't know if I'm right, but I have heard that phrase used, a VAR assistant referee, which in in, in some ways, Dan, makes it worse because that means there's two of them sat there looking at the bloody screen. Another thing that annoys me about it, how much that, that thing, that wheel out, that R2-D2 with a screen on its head, my screen here is 32 inches. The screen the referee's looking at is about that big. No, this is a multi-billion pound game. I want a 17-inch uh, LCD OLED Samsung TV there where you can see you can see the, test, the, the hairs on someone's legs or something. When he's looking at that tiny little screen, he's doing like that. No. I want uh, I want four big big uh, big ex gladiators to come out and hold a massive big screen. Get the jumbotron so everybody can have a look at see what he's looking at. Just so many things are there, and they're just they, they will never change because that's the way the British are. They, you never question your elders or your superiors. The Arsenal big screen operator, obviously, I I don't know what was going through their minds. Whoever runs the big screens at Arsenal, but. I've got a funny feeling that they were not happy with what happened for City's penalty because as soon as he came back from the screen and he gave it, and he gave it, they showed that on the big screen. They showed the the supposed foul on the big screen. They don't and really do that, do they? No, no. And the crowd were, were fuming. The crowd. By the way, we will mention the crowd at Saturday's game because it was amazing. But yeah, they were fuming, boys. Absolutely fuming. Shaka, Shaka was looked up and pointed up at the screen as well and said, "Look at the screen. Look at the screen." Yeah. Uh, on a comment that um, that Kai has made on here, it says, "Ladies and gentlemen, uh, is this the one? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, would you tell Shaka what he did was absolutely fine and encourage him to do it again? Uh, if not, uh, you're admitting. If if not, you're admitting he's at fault." Um, I, <laughs> Shaka, Shaka is, is is prone to um, a calamitous foul every now and then. He does it in the box, um, uh, game after game after game. Uh, he has improved vastly, but he's always got a rick in him. We have our first caller. Um, it's Magic oh Mike. Oh, my lordy, look who we've got. Da, 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 drum roll. Da, run, dun, dun. He's the master at this. Hello, Cheeky. I heard Danny saying something about he was craving 17 inches, so I decided to come onto the podcast. And Can't be rude on this podcast, Mr. Feinberger. Is, is that your inside thigh or outside thigh measurement? It's, it, it's my waist measurement. Times yeah. nine. Um, <laughs> how you doing, fellas? How's your new year going? Yeah, it's good. good. Happy new year to you, stateside and everything else. Um, uh, yeah, I don't think I've left the house this year. Um, so we're on you know, four, four, three, sixty-fifths of the way through. Might be able to pull <laughs> it off this year. Um, watching the old Sutton United uh, in their in their Papa John's Cup game because that's some proper football instead out. of this corrupt crap that uh, you know that, that's being played for billions of dollars pounds. Yeah. Mike, using the American NFL system, how could we um, take any uh, ideas from that to make our system better? I'm sorry, I can, I'm, I'm only going to answer questions from the host of the podcast. You're a guest. So. Whoa, no, no, no. Far away, far away, Daddy. Uh, where you go? 
That's it. I mean, it's been like 20 plus years, I think now that instant replay in some form has been instituted in the NFL. And if I remember correctly, cause I'm old, uh, it came in, there were problems with it. They got rid of it. And then they brought it back a couple years later. And, and it like, it's changed the game, but it's still imperfect. I mean, there was a situation a couple of years ago where, you know, many of my Gooner friends in New Orleans uh, were super hard done by in about the most crucial moment other than a Super Bowl. It was the last minute of the game to get into the Super Bowl where, you know, there was something that happened that was so blatantly missed by the referees, but not overturned by instant replay. And, you know, it, it's, it's rarely going to be perfect. It's perfect in a couple of situations. It's perfect in hockey because there's one thing that's looked at and uh, or two things that are looked at, and they're both really millimeter perfectly able to be discerned. Um, but, you know, it, there are other leagues that run it better than, than the Premier League do, though. I mean, the MLS, for God's sakes, runs it better than the Premier League does. And the Premier League has all the resources to do it. There is no explanation other than a desire to to still have control over decisions. And the only reason you would want to have control over decisions is the ability to maintain corruption. Yeah. I mean, other, other, yeah. otherwise, you know, I mean, the, it, the goal line technology was, was, was perfect and there was really no way of, of, of maintaining control. It either is or isn't the goal. And they, and they found the technology to determine that definitively, but with offside calls, uh, with penalty calls, especially, with red card decisions, it's it's more subjective with more people now than it ever was. Corruption used to be, you know, Howard Webb just kind of being generally biased towards Manchester United and in that moment making decisions that favored them. Now they get a chance to spend two minutes figuring out their corruption and teaming up on it. And it's just, it, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. I never thought I'd say this because I'm a generally favor, I'm in general favor of technology and getting calls right. But if this is what VAR is going to be in the Premier League, they need to completely and totally get rid of it altogether. Do you know so, what, Ferg, one... Ferg, sorry, mate, because I'm going to... You, you made a point earlier, Ferg, right? And and Mike's made a, the, a different point, but using the same word there, mate. Corruption, right? Now, I, I, I came on this show tonight, right, determined to try not to make any accusations of corruption. I was determined. I was but the way you put it, Fergus, and then the way you've put it, Mike, it gets your mind thinking, doesn't it? You know, it, the, you really can make a case for it happening. VAR. And I don't know that it's coordinated. I, you know, I'm not suggesting that there is a, a written plan of how to favor some teams and screw other teams. It's it's bias, but but bias is in, is instantaneous. But Mike, Mike, it could it could be just deemed as pure incompetence as well. Well incompetence generally tends to even out and this just doesn't, you know, I know I'm an Arsenal fan saying this and I used to hate when Arsenal fans, especially when it was part and parcel to the Arsene Wenger discussion, which it always seemed to be, you know, Arsene Wenger ins would blame the refs. Arsene Wenger outs would say, you can't blame refs. And I frankly fell in the latter category towards the end, but there, you know, with VAR, as opposed to just spur of the moment refereeing decisions, we are now seeing, I mean, somebody's got to be able, and I, and I believe there have been, you know, reports that were put out about, you know, most changes, most fouls. The but you know, again, even that's subject to interpretation. 
but it's just it's not evening out. And I'm not I'm not implying that people are going in there with the intention. I'm not talking max match fixing. I'm not talking corruption at that level. I'm talking about bias turning institutional and bias being given time to actually occur rather than a, a spur of the moment decision where you know where you could just say hey the ball was moving at a mile you know million miles an hour the the foot and the foot came together those things you could be biased on but to have three or four minutes to look at it and then not do it again later and the, these things are just happening way too often and way too similarly against and for the same clubs we have got somebody else sitting in the background, but I'd like to ask you um, one more question before you go. And it's just a, a quickish answer. Who would you say is your most improved or impressive player for the season? We're halfway through the season. Who, who would oh, you say? Well, what a question that is. Improved? <laughs> um, well, improved over what everyone thought he was, Ramsdale. <laughs> um you know, uh, if you know, if you consider relegation a, a, a an indictment on the goalkeeper, then I guess he's improved AF. Uh, most impressive, you got to kind of give that to Tommy. Tommy Asit. I mean, you know, again, it's it might be relative to what people were expecting. Um, you know, ESR Martinelli, all those guys showed signs of it. Tommy Asu was like, who who is this guy? And he has come in and, you know, was it in our chat, Fergus, that someone said he hasn't been dribbled past all season? Mm. Um, and, um, I mean... And then he saw you in the North Bank and it was just dribble everywhere, wasn't it? I, I was going to say the person that actually said that was Hoggy, who I could imagine <laughs> dribbling as he typed that onto his phone. Uh, but, uh, but, but yeah, I, I mean, but, you got to give it to the guys in the back. Thank you for joining us on our inaugural uh, phone-in. Well, you, It's a great idea. Where did you get the idea from? I, I, I haven't got a clue. I haven't got a clue at all. <laughs> Mike, Mike, lovely talking to you, mate. You take care and I'll see you soon, yeah? Trevor, it's great to see you back up and about and spry. And, and I know it's been a while, but uh, but but I just love your face, Fergus. Yeah. It's nice to see you again. Uh, and Danny. <laughs> oh, my Danny, I miss you. It's time for you to come visit me. My house still smells of you. And love, love Ruth Beck. Thank you for putting that up. I'm, I'm so glad you never Ruth know. is watching this because Ruth is just is one of my favorite gooners. Uh, and uh, you have to check out. Uh, I know she wasn't fishing for this, but you have to check out ruthbeckart.com yeah, forward Ruth slash Arsenal works. or actually by ruthbeckart.com, which, uh, which I should have known is her website. And I can't been, look at uh, her website anymore. I can't look at her your fortune. <laughs> my walls are full of her stuff. My, my walls are full of Ruth's amazing artwork. Brilliant. She doesn't make wallpaper, but in your case, it turned into wallpaper. <laughs> yes. Mike, we're going to let you go. Thank you again, mate. And, all right, guys. Uh, love we'll you all. Speak Take you care. Love you, Arsenal. Thank Cheers. Bye. You've got to love Magic awful. Mike, haven't you? That's terrible. <laughs> it no sense. Well, Danny, I'm going to introduce a, a good friend of mine and Trevor's. It's uh, James. James Power. James P. is he's in here. He's uh, uh, in block... Where you normally you're, you're near you meet us at block five anyway for for a drink in various stages of sobriety like myself Trevor's always in one state of sobriety uh, we know what that is. I've been to block five yeah. <laughs> how are you how are you doing? How you doing guys? You good? Happy New Year to you. Yeah, happy New Year. Um, the slight delay on this one, but um, what were your what were your I'm good, thoughts I'm on? Good. I'm, I, I've, I think I've cooled down a little bit. 
Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. What, how you, how are you feeling after the game and, and so on? Listen, um, one thing I wanted to discuss with the the, the whole lot of you, and, and we'll get your opinion on it as well. And I'll go to to Danny first, and then we'll come over to James and ask Trevor. Fan behaviour. Um, after Rodri scored the goal, he went to the clock end and celebrated, and he got uh, covered in all sorts of. Toilet rolls, whoever brings a toilet roll in, I don't know. But toilet rolls, Coke bottles and all sorts were, were uh, thrown down at him. Same against, there was a, a player who went and celebrated against Chelsea and it happened to Ramsdale. He collected 17 quid um, <laughs> in pound coins and two pound coins that were chucked to them at Leeds. Um, and it was the Leeds fans uh, done it again, I think, against another one. Surely something has to be done about it. What, what's, your, what's your view on this, Danny? We've seen in France, this happens all the time. Marseille can't play a game anywhere without their fans kicking off. They're notoriously mental. Uh, I mean, I think it's the Stade Velodrome or something like that. And they get um, the games get called off. So then all the people that are at the stadium, you've paid your 40, 50 quid to, in travel to get there. Like when I used to drive down, it used to cost me 40 quid in petrol. And you're going to go, well, all the fans, I'm going to have to pay that again for when the match is replayed. If That's even if you're allowed in to see the replayed match. And uh, it won't be long before um, games are played behind closed doors. First of all, there's going to be fines. Then there's going to be games called off. Then there's going to be games um, played behind closed doors. You, you only, you're only making it worse for yourself. Just like a scene out of Monty Python. James, do you think um, maybe like the likes of Leeds, who've done it consistently over the last few weeks, uh, need to be sanctioned in some way? James is gone. Uh, now you put yourself on mute, James. Unmute yourself. Fergus, can you hear me? Yeah. 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 No, no. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes, man. Yeah. Okay, I am unmuted. Did you did you get the question? Do you think leads need to be sanctioned? Okay, it's a bit uh, uh, discoordinating. Uh, um, I, I, you obviously can't condone uh, such behaviour. But Trev, Trev, you yeah. want to jump in because of the, the delay on there? Oh, mate, it's uh, sorry, James. I'm going to jump in. I mate, think what's going to happen is the people who throw us. Let's see, the delay is terrible. James, thanks for joining us. I'm, I, we'll try the next time with you, but thank you very much. Really appreciate you coming on, and uh, I'll I'll see you hopefully Thursday night if the game goes ahead. Um, Trev, he had your old internet, I think, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, James was struggling there, wasn't he? And uh, he just wasn't with us at all. He's still talking now behind the scenes. He's still his internet's a long way behind. James, we'll talk to you soon, mate. James, don't. Come back next time and we'll do a test first. But no, uh, look, right. I don't know how to, to, to what to. If I'd have been in that corner, right, let's be honest, right. I'm going to be blatantly honest now. If I'd have been in that corner and that bloke comes over to me in such a high tension game like that, takes his shirt off and gets right in their faces, if I'd have had half an house brick in me hand, I don't know what I'd have done with it, right. I genuinely don't know what I'd have done with it. I'm not going to say anything that I would have done with it because I'll be putting my neck on the line. But I don't know what I'd have done with it. It's 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 wrong. I, well, is it wrong? Who's wrong? I don't know. It's just tension. If Let's put it this way, right? If players are going to go over to the touchline like that 
and get right in the crowd's faces, the opposition crowd's faces, when, when the tension is that high, they've got to expect to cop something, right? They can't go over and do that and then complain because they get knocked in the side of the head by a toilet roll. Mind you, you see professional footballers, they'd probably claim that a toilet roll gave them six months concussion. We all know what they're like. <laughs> but you can't, you can't do that and then go and say, well, the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the Arsenal fans were out of order. You know, if you, if you don't want to get, if you don't want to cop a bit, don't go over there. Go, you were nearer to your own fans when you scored anyway. Go and celebrate I, for I, your own fans. I did think that with the Man City one in particular, but I, I think my my because my, I'd watched a fair bit of football over the weekend and and over the Christmas period as you do, and it just seemed to be consistent that the like uh, what Ramsdale said about the Leeds fans chucking pound coins at them, um, and then they were chucking stuff at uh, other um, teams as well. I just thought like you know that maybe if a team is consistently doing it to to players, um, that they should they should. Um, uh, they should take some some action uh, action against them somewhere along the line. No, um, no. Dan, no. any any final, uh, thoughts on on that one? Do you? In... I mean, I'm, I, I like a bit of anarchy. I do like it, but it's uh, when your actions are going to make everyone else is going to pay for your actions. Then um, I, I personally wouldn't do it. I mean, I don't even. I've never booed my own players or abused my own players or any of that lot. So I doubt very much I'm going to throw stuff at people. Although I did, I did call um, uh, um, Robbie Keane a fat pikey, and I did call Matt Letizia's telling me he had a big nose. That's about as far as I've ever gone. Yeah, I must admit, I must admit, I don't, I, I don't boom our own players, but I do give some some verbals <laughs> to to the ones warm because they're warm right in front of where me and Trevor are on 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 the north bank. Third, Trevor, listen, uh, third, go on. listen, you know Ramsdale got pelted with coins, right? Mm. And he caught one in the back of the head. But he'd wound him up. Ramsdale had been at the Leeds fans. He'd wound him up. And Ramsdale made a joke of it. And he almost said, in not so many words, I wound him up. They gave me some back. Game over. Six of one, half a dozen of the other. You know, and that's what happens, you know. If you if you go over, if you go over to fans like that, you're going to cop some. If you don't want to cop well, some. A bit like this. A bit like this. If you give it, you yeah. should be able to take it both ways. Yeah, exactly. Don't go crying. Yeah. Oh, the, the the goalie made a face at me. Oh, I need I surgery know. now. I, I like what Joe Joe's just said. I'd never boo, but I have been out getting uh, some Lou Rolf shopping today. So mm -hmm. uh, don't know if you'll need it tomorrow, though. Sorry, folks. Go on. I, I used to find right that Joe Joe. Listen, when I was younger. I used to go out and buy the loo rolls, but I used to fill them up with, with cement the day before I went, right, and let it dry. I found it it found its target much more easily with a bit better, a bit more weight inside it. It tended to find its target much more easily. Hey, my daughters have got a lot to say tonight, isn't she, Ferg? Look at her. At it again. <laughs> what did you say this time? Watches, mine doesn't care. Where is she? Uh, uh, there it is. Uh, right, I'll leave you doing yeah. it. Press the buttons. Yeah. Oh, she's a cheeky madam. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've got another caller, Blind Gooner, uh, Daniel, uh, who we um, meet uh, most games with his uh, with his um, his helper Rob, uh, who I was chatting to at Leeds. He's a really nice guy, and uh, I can't remember your dog's name. What's your dog's name, Dan? <laughs> Yayan. 
it's a, it's a really yep. uh, it's a really confusing name. Um, it's actually spelled. It actually pronounced Yayan, but it looks like it's Ewan. Um, but yeah, that's he's, he's he's got a Welsh name. I was going to say, is he a Welsh dog? Then a Welsh terrier yes. or something? Like that. Yeah, <laughs> nah. <laughs> Labrador Retriever, but uh, Labrador Retriever. How are you? Happy New Year! Yeah, Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you guys too. Um, yes, yeah, it's, it's um, nice to meet you, mate. Yeah, nice to meet you. Um, yeah, it's been it's been good, isn't it? It's good, good so far. <laughs> so I was that was a question I was going to say. So, so we're halfway through the season. Um, uh, what's your thoughts on the season so far? What, what, how do you think, has it played out like you thought it would play out? Are, are we doing as well as you thought we'd do? I actually think um, we're, we're doing better than what I thought we'd do. Yeah. Like, I honestly didn't think we would be where we are now. Um, you know, we're in fourth place. I know we've, uh, you know, we've had a few ups and downs throughout the season so far. But actually, I think we're doing better than what even I predicted and what most other Arsenal fans predicted, especially when you look at the calamitous season we had last season. So, yeah, I think we're, do- I think we're doing better than what, what was expected at the start of the season. Where, where would you have seen us, uh, uh, you know, halfway point? Uh, what were your expectations at the beginning of the season? What, what did you expect as a minimum? Top six top seven um uh at this stage of the season um so yeah that that was probably i, I look at the start of the season i predicted would probably finish top six top seven that could still happen obviously everything could fall apart but I, what i'm what i've been seeing so far this season is a season and i don't want to speak too soon because obviously we're only halfway through but I'm seeing a season of progression. And yes, we have had ups and downs and we have had negative aspects in certain games, but I feel like the players are beginning to learn for, from the next game. So so if we have a negative experience one game, then I feel like they're actually learning from that in the next game. Danny, what's your... What, What's your thoughts on the season so far, then? And, and have we exceeded your expectations for now? I did say fourth before the season started, because mainly because of the the I could see improvement from last season. I thought that they were going to. There was rumours before the season started we were going to get um, about 150 million to spend on players, and we'd already to and part two of the three part. Um, thing of Arteta getting rid of all the players he doesn't want. He's done part two in the summer. Part three is going to be happening now with Bam Young and Maitland Niles and a few others because just been said Maitland Niles has agreed to go on loan to Roma. Um, uh, yep. The Ornstinio has, has announced that. And uh, I thought all we need now is more goals from midfield. And I was just looking at the stats. Um, Smith Rowe in his, his career at Arsenal like before this season, he had played 45 games and got seven goals. He's got now got nine in 21. And the same with Saka. He's got seven in 22 this season. Last season, he got seven in 46. All we needed was a little bit more creativity from a central midfield player, which we've got in Odegaard. And we needed our other players to start scoring goals. And that's what we've got. And we would have been doing a lot, lot better if we'd have had a striker who scores goals. Because Young hasn't been doing it unless he's playing the, 
the uh, the West Brom under 12s and Lacazette doesn't do it because he is too busy running around the pitch um, jeering everyone up making everyone work hard being the captain doing a fantastic job but a goal scorer at the moment in our system he isn't and if we manage to get a goal scorer who can work who's going to be good in the air in this January transfer window it won't be Vlahovic that's not going to happen he's going to Juventus then this season is going to go on leaps and bounds we've already shown we humbled the greatest team in, in the world at the moment where and even the manager admitted um, they were the better team and that's without Arteta on the touchline shouting at everyone, telling them what to do. So, yeah. Trevor, um, uh, Danny mentioned uh, one player, a player that we had mixed thoughts on partly through the season, a uh, player that I think has improved vastly, personally myself, on the last four or five games, if not a bit longer. Um, what do you think of Odegaard? It's it's pointed towards the host. So for me and you, it's supposed to answer. I've type of answered, but I'll leave you going into more detail. I. Odegaard has absolutely improved immensely, not from last season, I wouldn't say, but as this season has progressed, yeah? Start of this season, I still have my doubts, but now I don't. But I said it on the last podcast, Fergus. We, we briefly touched on this in the last podcast, mate. And I said to you, I can't really pick out a player because we are improving as a team, a whole team, you know? Um Daniel hit a nail on the head just now when he spoke about not expecting us to be as good as we are. I expected improvement, much as Daniel said there, I expected improvement. But I didn't expect to play Manchester City and think we were the better side. I didn't think we would improve that much. And I did on Saturday. I thought we were the better side. Um, so I can't, I can't, just cannot put finger on any single person as above the others we can make you can make a case for eight or ten of them Fergus and and then of course it, it just it just lacquer I love lacquer as, as we just said we just spoke about lacquer I love lacquer I love everything about what lacquer does and stands for on a football field I do but let's be honest he's a striker and he doesn't score enough goals if we'd have got you know, another half a dozen, eight, ten goals out of lack of this season. We are complete. We are complete because we've got the midfielders scoring goals, and we just said about that. So yeah, I, I, I'm not gonna. I'm not. If I think I get this thing in my head, if I pick one player that's improved, Fergus, then I'm sort of insulting a load of other players that have probably could make just as big a case for me. I'm so happy with yeah. everything. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. And and probably the only players, the players that are going out are the ones you could say have uh, gone backwards because they just don't want to be there. Um, Dan, um, uh, Blanguna, Dan, um, expectations for the second half of the season. League Cup might, we don't know what's going to happen with the League Cup. Uh, what do you, actually, answer that one probably more than anything else. What do you think should happen Um uh, with the League Cup. It looks like Liverpool need to uh, postpone the game due to COVID and injuries. Um, Leighton Orient done it against Spurs because of European fixtures and everything else and they had to forfeit the game. Should they have to forfeit the game? Um, do you know what? I actually think they should. Um, and the, the reason why, and, and I'm not questioning, well, I suppose I am questioning Liverpool whether they, whether they have got COVID-19 cases because... I just find it a little bit strange, and this is just me. I'm, I'm not. I don't want to start any conspiracies or anything like that. This is just my personal opinion. I find it a little bit strange how they can play on Sunday, 
but yet they can't play on Thursday. And Klopp has been so outspoken about the fixture congestion. I, I just, I, I'm just not buying the whole COVID situation. Um, and here's the other thing as well. We can't keep postponing games. There's going to come a point where the team that asks for the games to be postponed will have to forfeit the tie because where are they going to fit all these games in? Especially there's been quite a few Premier League games that have had to be postponed. So we've got to try and fit those in. If you postpone, keep postponing games, you're just kicking the problem down for, for a different day to be dealt with. And, you know, Look, COVID's not going anywhere, is it? It's it's here nope. to stay. We have to find a way of living with it, and we have to find a way in terms of football. We have to find a way of getting these seasons and getting these games completed. Now, if you can't play, that's fair enough. Then forfeit the game because you can't keep postponing them because we've got to to start next season early because of the World Cup. We're going to end up having all these games being played in the middle of the summer and it's just going to be a, a haphazard season. So there's got to be a cutoff point where you say, okay, you can't play. So then you forfeit the tie. Tottenham had their, um, I think it was their Europa Conference League postponed and they, they had to forfeit it. And obviously I know they're not happy about it, but they had to forfeit it. Um, so yeah, I think that there's comes a point where you've just got to, you've just got to make that kind of decision. And do you think do you think uh, they'll be happy with forfeiting? Joanne again in the chat. Joel, you're really joining in today. Thank you very much. Um, has said you know m many clubs just disrespect the League Cup. Um, for us, I think because we don't have European football, it's going to be a huge focus. I think we. I think for us, we've got to take this this competition seriously. Um, you know, we we don't have the luxury of. European football, as you say. So we have to take this seriously. We have to, I think, going back to your other question about uh, the sea, the season in general, what, what I envision going forward, I actually, I think it depends on what we do in this window because we do definitely need some kind of reinforcements. We do ne definitely need to improve, whether it be a striker or whether it be another midfielder, um, because you can't make progress as we've made and then not build on it. I, I hear a lot from the club. Um, <laughs> and as you know, Fergus, I get to talk to quite a lot of people around the club. Um, that from what, from what I've been hearing is that they, they want to build on the progress that they've made. And, and well, I want to see that with actions. You know, I want to see that now we've got an opportunity in this window. I want to see you going back that up and then kick on because fourth is as to lose. I know Spurs have got the games in hand because um, because of having the, the theirs postponed, but we fourth is as to lose. I, I genuinely believe that. I think if we carry on putting these results together, then we can get it. We can definitely get it. Okay. Brilliant. Thank you, Dan. Thanks for joining in. And I will hopefully see you Thursday night. Um, if the EFL hold a ground and go uh, and do what um, Liverpool made Villa do last um, last year and play a youth side, uh, which would be a nice touch. Um, but have a have a good evening and I'll see you. I'll see you on um, 
I'll see you see you on Thursday. Maybe maybe even on, on Sunday in Forest. Again, we don't know if that yeah. game's gone ahead. Yeah, no worries. In fact, thank, nice yeah, thanks for having me on. And uh, I'm actually on Thursday filming a documentary with Gold. So uh, so I'll be uh, I'll be having a few people with me as well. But yeah, thanks for having me on. Um, I'll, I'll have to get I'll have to get my equity card with me then. So if you've if you've got the cameras <laughs> out, you know. <laughs> yeah. I'm cheers. Thanks, thanks for having me on, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you, Dan. See you later. Cheers, Take care, Dan. I was just looking at the Liverpool Wikipedia page. You know, they've had 19 different players start League Cup games. They've had another six players come on as a sub during those games. And that doesn't include Alisson, Van Dijk, Mane, Salah, the bloke they got from Bayern Munich. So that's the best part of of 30-odd players. Yeah. yeah, West Ham. West Ham have done similar with um, playing youth in the uh, in the Europa League. It's going to be very hard for them to call uh, a COVID break, to, 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 for the want of a better word. Uh, Mister Ben Bennett, clock end Ben, uh-huh. uh, the old the oldest man of Ashburton <laughs> Army. How are you, mate? <laughs> All right, mate. How are you? I've even yeah, got my headphones well. in tonight just for you. Oh, thank you. After so special. Last, after the, you, after the you, delay you didn't even go landscape, time. though, did you? You didn't go landscape. It looks so much nicer when it's landscape. Hey, I don't on, think you can on. change. That yeah, better. that's better. That's better. Looks hold better. On, hold on. I even get Trev. I even gave instructions, didn't I? Yeah, you did. Yeah, you don't listen. I think, to I think it's these um, these ear- headphones that are not working properly at this for some reason. Just anyway, oh, I think, yeah, go on, Trev. Ask away. No, just what <laughs> Ben Ben's making me giggle here. I've completely lost my track of where we were, but uh, oh, we're, we're on the League Cup semi final getting cancelled. Should it be, um, you know, should it be forfeited if they can't, um, uh, if they can't put a team out? Should they be forced to put a youth team out instead? Uh, because you know, that's that's what Liverpool forced Aston Villa to do in the past, Fergus. You'd like to think that all these teams over previous few months across the country have all had a reason, a, a valid reason, COVID for asking for these games to be called off. But you know deep down, you know deep, deep down, that, that that's probably not the case. But once again, you can't make accusations because there's an excuse there. But um, whether Liverpool have got a, a, a squad full of COVID cases or whether they're just after playing a crafty one, who knows? Who knows? The, 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 all I want is um, it would be lovely if regardless of what happens we give them a right good idea and turn them over and then we can just say, well, you can play your games, but we beat you on the pitch and that's all that matters. Obviously, if we've got a referee that uh, that likes us, of course, because they obviously influence games more than players nowadays. It'd probably be a referee from Liverpool but sports Accrington Stanley or something. Oh, or Tranmere Rovers. Oh, that's the, Tranmere that's the one you don't want. Yeah, exactly. Fergus, great minds, son. Great minds, oh, Fergus. No, we were, we've been hanging around too long, haven't we, together? Yeah. <laughs> ben, Ben, I asked I asked um, Dan this a few minutes ago. Uh, who do you think your most improved player, our most impressive player, has been so far halfway through the season? Oh God, I'm, I'm a bit like Trev, really. There's so many. Um, I think if, if if you're talking of the last few weeks, I think um, Party's come into his own. But over the whole season, obviously, you wouldn't name him. But I actually started to think. 
the AFCON's come at the wrong time for us because um, he's really, really picked up. And it's, I thought that was his best game in an Arsenal shirt on um, on Saturday. It, there's another way to look at it. It could be like warm, warm, um, uh, warm weather training for them because they're going to go out to Africa and play in warm weather. It might be good for them rather than picking up injuries in January. I, 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 listen, I'm trying looking for half full rather than half empty. Uh, yeah, but, um, you know. but overall. Um, I think Odegaard's been really, really good, really impressive the last couple of months. Um, obviously, Smith Rowe, um, Gabriel Ramsdale, well, up until probably the start of December, I would have said Ramsdale all day long mm. uh, has been our best player. But um, but yeah, there's a few few other nominations now. Um, as a team, we've just vastly improved so much this last. Five months. I say. I said to someone earlier on. I said the contrast between um, standing there at the end of the at full time at the Etihad uh, demoralised at five nil. Wow. But I, I stood there with with hope that there was something to cling cling on to. And I've at the moment I've been proved right without getting too too carried away because I, I got the reverse fixture on Saturday. We got an absolutely brilliant performance when. We've got beat we've, when we should have at least got a point. So we've improved amazingly in five months. Mm, no, no, I, I agree. And listen, um, I did see that picture of you. You put up on Twitter uh, and you're in your white T-shirt and there wasn't many of us uh, left um, on that uh, in that area. Uh, no. I wasn't at 4-0, I'm sorry. I I was in a car on my own and I didn't fancy getting stuck in a car park for an hour. I don't, and I'm out of here. And I've never... Yeah, Josie, Joe's in the chat. She was she was uh, about two rows behind me. She was standing there proud as well. I don't know what she was well thinking about you. it as well. But um, yeah, she was two rows behind me. But yeah, it was... Listen, um, one, of the, one of the things that you talk a lot about and um, is, is crowd atmosphere. And the atmosphere on Saturday was absolutely outstanding. I know the TV can change the mics around and they turn the sound up in different areas, but I don't think they needed to. It was it came across on TV unreal. Uh, and I know you've been trying to work with the young guys at Ashburton Army down the clock end, and um, you know, I think you had the pleasure or displeasure of being with Trevor uh, for the Man City game. Um, and, uh, uh, what did you oh, make oh, of it? And, uh, and what did you make of it? And, and, and have you felt that the stadium is generally just getting better for the majority of games. Yeah, absolutely. Well, first things first, I want Trev's view of uh, spending um, 96 minutes with me inside the ground first. Quickly, Trev. Uh, the paracetamols worked, to be honest. <laughs> no, it was it was good fun, Ben. You, you see, I, I'm of a different age to you, mate, and, and I, 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 I love to sing at a game of football, right? But what I find is, I get caught up in the game of football and, and Saturday's game, although I was singing along, a lot of the time I was entranced by how good we were and I just forget about everything else and maybe I don't sing as much as you or a lot of the other boys don't do, but I do have a sing and a shout, but that I just loved the football we played on Saturday. I just couldn't take my eyes off how good we were. Although we got beat by 12 people, it was just an amazing game of football. So it was, yeah, it was good to be next to you, mate. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I enjoy your company every, all the time, Ben. To be honest. Cheers, Trev. Appreciate that, mate. Yeah, going back on the atmosphere. Um, oh, it's just been 
it's just improved improved as the season's gone on really i mean everyone after 18 months off um everyone was absolutely buzzing to get going again um i think that's obviously been a factor as well um but generally players like ramsdale is is his bond with the fans is just drive is clench fisting is celebrating a goals not just him i mean you've got you've got you've basically got a team now that Arteta is building that all want to play for this jersey and that's all the fans ask for and these factors make atmosphere and this gives you this fan player connection that we've lacked for such a long time um as good as what it is now and um it's just it's just a breath of fresh air seeing it now and and I'd said to you before I was 12 years without going to the Emirates and one of the factors was uh, atmosphere um, I sacrificed cup final tickets and semi final tickets because not I just couldn't obviously I had my reasons with guys of Cronkies and Wenger stand too long and whatever but atmosphere was a big thing for me as well obviously I went away so. I, I knew what it was. I knew what it was. Mode, but um, I just wanted to see the atmosphere at the Emirates improve. And um, now I'm obviously back down this way. I, I want to kind of play a, a small part in trying to help what I can and a few ver- views across and throw up a few songs now and again. And it's just, just. It, I mean, I'm not. I'm not. Just, I won't take any just, credit. I just. I just do what just I want. Just make them easy for me, because I after about three or four words, and that's not even pints. After three or four words, I'm lost. I got one nil to the Arsenal wrong. That's how bad I am. <laughs> I did. I did. A, I, did a, I did. Um, I did the latest um, article for the Guna this morning, Fergus, and I've got three songs that you'll be able to manage in it for you, just for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Just, I thought you'd appreciate that. But yeah, overall, it's been absolutely outstanding. Um, like I say, Saturday. Oh, he's gone. gone. You're gone. He's muted. He's muted. He's muted. I don't know. Danny, a uh, question uh, that I'll, I want to do, and we'll close this off because um, uh, we're. we're the phone lines are closed, as I say. Yeah, you know, calls may be charged if uh, if, you, if your callers may be charged if they come in, but they, you know, you won't be entered into the competition. Um, ben, um, I can see you're struggling. Thank you, mate, for joining us. Uh, thanks very much. Um, Cheers, ben. Uh, we'll we'll, we'll oh, un- unmute yourself. Uh, we'll we'll see you we'll see you at the next game. Um, hopefully, I'll see you at Forest if it goes ahead, uh, and we'll go from there. Thanks a lot, mate. Yeah. Yeah, that's gone. Uh, Dan, because oh, um, yeah. you know what I'm like at my age, mate. I'll lose me track. Just want to pick up on what Ben said there, and it'd be interesting. Joe, Joe, Joe and Tester, who's a wonderful lady, has um, has been with us all night tonight, and, and we've. I thank you very much, Joe, because I really do appreciate and respect your comments, Joe, and and uh, you, you talk a lot of sense, but. Something Ben said there, Fergus, and you wouldn't have seen it because you couldn't be bothered to go, but the biggest <laughs> difference for me on Saturday was that after the game, this I think this proves how well Arsenal played, right? After the game, when normally people would have left the stadium, as the players walked off the pitch, the Arsenal players were given the biggest roar, not cheer, not appreciation, roar. There was a roar, a wall of noise came from the crowd to show their appreciation 
to the Arsenal players for what they did on that pitch, right? And 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 strangely enough, the Arsenal players left the pitch and the, the Man City players have been over in the corner celebrating. And then there was this cascade, this roar of booing for the Man City players to let them know that we were there and we weren't happy with what had gone on. It was amazing. It was an amazing feeling to hear our crowd get behind our players like that after a game. It was a wall of noise, Fergus. A wall, mate. Um, I can't even remember what question I was going to ask. Uh, yeah, okay. The, the, the final question to close it off on, and this is probably I, it was one I was going to ask James to be honest, because I know his his opinion is probably a lot different to mine um, on his view. Uh, the, our views of Arteta. Has your view of um, Arteta, Danny, changed since? What, two years ago, and 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 how he's achieving now, and and if if you look at, ah, I remember the question now. The, the question the question was also along the lines of bad Arteta, um, uh, Lukaku uh, speaks out against the club, and Tuchel is praised that he's he, he's dealt with it really well, and this that and the other. Arteta uh, kicks Aubameyang down the road and says no, he's not being played, and he drops players left, right, and centre because they're not part of the plan and he doesn't they want to they don't want to be I can't remember what the phrase he used to said you know they're fully committed or part of the process or whatever it was um you know uh ha, has your view on Arteta changed do you think he's a stronger um manager than he thought he was do you think he's enough to get us to where we need to be I think he could be because the main thing you need from a manager is belief in your from your players and so many times it's reported that he lost the dressing room, but then you'd see an interview with Saka or Smith Rowe or any of that lot coming out and saying, I'm fully behind the manager. He, he, he wants to make me a better player. It's all going to be okay. And I've never, if you even if you go back and look at every ABW show that we've done, I've never said I wanted Arteta out. I said I'd reserve tickets, but I hadn't paid for them on the on the Arteta out bus a cut a few weeks ago, about maybe six weeks ago. But uh, I didn't, not just because I trusted in, in Arteta, but mainly because or a huge part of it was because we just go through all this routine again of they're not my players, I want new players. And that was a, a major factor in why I didn't want Arteta gone. And plus also the fact that you've got Liverpool, Man City, Man United and, and Chelsea, and we're, you're never, ever going to beat those because you can't compete with them on wages and, and, and finances and all that other stuff. But it seems that Arteta has managed to, to do it with some, some absolutely 10 out of 10 star signings in the summer. I mean, who'd have thought we'd have got the best goalkeeper in the Premier League at the moment? Who'd have thought we'd have got a ready-made right-back who's going to slot straight in and be absolutely fantastic? Who's going to who's going to have uh, Sterling on toast for the entire game? And Ben White coming in and do, doing brilliantly and all these other players that we know about. Plus the, our midfield, getting goals from our midfield. We've seen, uh, even under Wenger, we were struggling. We'd maybe get the, our entire midfield to get five, six, seven goals a season. Um, and then Ramsey would come in and then he'd get a load and then he'd be injured. And then so he's getting all of our players. And I think not having injuries as well has been a massive thing for us. The fact that he can go game after game after game playing the same, basically the same 12. Because you've got the starting 11 plus Smith Rowe who nearly always comes on. And you've got players slotting into their right positions and playing the right players in the right positions. And which we didn't have at the beginning of the season because no matter where we play, Bum Young isn't working and, and Pepe doesn't seem to be working. But also, I think maybe Arteta has been a little bit less demanding of it. You do what I say, because I think as a manager, you've got to have a little bit of give 
with with the players and you've got a little bit a little bit more understanding which i always thought was weird from arteta because it was zidane can go out there and go you lot do this that and the other because i've done it and i've wrote the book and i'm wearing the underpants arteta really didn't do anything in his career he, he won one fa cup with uh, was it one or two with us and it, that's it he, he never, never played for his country it was a bit of a journeyman uh, spent a lot of time injured so some of those players would look at him and go well hold on a second you've done nothing as a manager you did virtually nothing as a player why are you telling us what to do and i think maybe he's uh he's managed to convince them because it's working and i'm glad that the board did did um keep him and i'm glad that we kept edu as well because edu had a huge hand in the master strokes of some of those players i'd never heard of tommy ashu and i like italian football so i'm glad he stayed and uh, can he do it looks like it trevor i i think i know your overall opinion on um, on Arteta because we talk that much about it, but there's a couple of players that uh, have stood out really, really strong, which is uh, Smith Rowe and Saka throughout the season. Obviously, you got Martinelli and, and, and pick him out, but um, when you've got uh, Udegaard and Smith Rowe playing for more or less the same spot week in week out, how how do we manage to keep one? Uh, Saka's on a short-term contract. He's only got about 18 months left. We need to sign him up quick because everyone's sniffing around him. And two, um, uh, Smith-Rowe. Is he going to be happy to be a Solskjaer and come on as a bit player uh, for 10 minutes every, uh, 20 minutes every game? I think what you've got to do is trust Arteta, Fergus. He's trust Arteta's judgment and trust what he's doing with the team. I would think that he, he, Emil Smith-Rowe would love to play from the start of every game. Well, you can be guaranteed that that Arteta will have spoken to him and 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 um, discussed where he's heading. He's playing every game, although not all whole game. I just still got Danny's comments in my head. You know, Danny's mm. Danny Danny speaks sense. You know, and when Arteta first, well, you do, Danny. I'm giving you know, take the credit when it's due, mate. Oh, I'm taking it. I'm lapping it up more. <laughs> Fergus, we had so much discussion, didn't we, about Arteta when he first came? And I think that between us, you and me in particular, we sort of said, you know, he wouldn't have been my first choice, Mikel Arteta, to come to Arsenal Football Club and manage our great team. But he, he came, they had him, and he's managed with Arsenal Football Club. So as a, as a fan, me, I support him. He manages my team. I don't question him. I think to myself, oh, have we done the right thing? But I fully support him. Lots of people would would were getting on his back after you know six months or or however long. But he, he inherited a club in a mess, especially from the playing side and off the field, in my opinion. And it wasn't going to be a quick job. And we kept on saying, didn't we? I I said, and 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 a couple of other people said, January this year is when we can start making proper judgments. Get this transfer window out of the way that we're going into now. Yeah, and then we can start making some proper judgments, and it's just proven to be true, Fergus. Because look what we're making judgments on now, as opposed to six months ago. We're making judgments on a team that I said it two or three times tonight, and I'm not shy of saying it again. We're making judgments on a team that's played against possibly the best club team in the world at the weekend, and and and, and should have won the game, should have won the game. So. We were right in what we said about letting Arteta get on with the job. Let him learn. Let him make a decision. Let him change his players. Danny just said, it's not a complete job yet, is it? We still need one or two in, you know? But by God, is it, you, you can't fault him. You can't fault what he's done. <clears throat> I'm so pleased for him, 
for Arsenal Football Club and most importantly for the fans that have stuck with him and now reaping the benefits, mate. Can't can't argue with any of that. I'm I'm I, like you. I'm I'm pleased. I'm pleased with uh, the somebody mentioned it earlier about the transfer policy. Like you know, um, all under twenty three was puds on YouTube. Uh, it came up said. Uh, where is it there? Uh, the transfer p- policy is the a real star here. No uh, player above the age of 23 is paid biv- dividends among the fan base. Um, and we can see true foundations because <clears throat> even if we don't okay, challenge for the league this year, even if we uh, just scrape into Champions League or whatever it might be, um, you can see building from there with a, a, a little sprinkle of stardust and a, a couple more players. Um, it, can, it can come good. Sorry, I've got a cough. Um, so I, I, I struggled with that one. I struggled that one. Listen, um, we've uh, we, we've um, we, yeah, we, we've we've done. We've gone one fifteen. I, I, I one hour and fifteen. I didn't think it was going to go that long and that smooth. Um, thanks for everybody who did phone in. Uh, maybe some new faces will jump on. Um, well, Dan uh, Blind, Blind Danny um, uh, is um, Blind Gooner is a new face who hasn't been on before. Um, so sorry, my my voice is really uh, really really starting to go. I, this, it, I'll have to take a lateral flow test after this. You've given you, you've infected me, Trev. Berg, listen, <laughs> Berg, let me just. I know what you're going to say, mate. I know you that well now. I know what you're going to say. It's been a great podcast. And I've thoroughly enjoyed tonight. One of the best I've ever been been part of. We've had some great people come and join us. We've 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 spoken about our great club, and we've the, what's made it really good is that our great club have started giving us some great things to talk about. You know, we're not talking about a poor performance or a beating or, or a player doing this or a player doing that or, or, or something going on behind the scenes. We've actually got loads to talk about on the field and it's good stuff. And we should, if you're not happy now as an Arsenal fan, (laughs) then I don't know if you ever are going to be, you may need to seek help. We are are in a great place. Every game feels like Christmas Eve. I'm looking forward to every game for what they're going to bring us. And it's been a while. It's been too long. Danny, perfect. What a perfect don't, summing up that is. Don't tell him what he's muted. What a perfect summing up that is. Thank you. It, 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 I, I did notice I was muted. It, ha, it has been. And it was really difficult through lockdown and stuff, not with no fans there. And then also because we were just so abject and awful to watch and it just was going nowhere. Um, uh, I think it was Lyle asked in the chat uh, if we're going to Hooters uh, pre-game um, uh, in Nottingham. If it goes ahead, I think we're planning uh, maybe to do Hooters, but probably um, we'll end up in, the is it the county ground, Trev? Yeah, Notts County have got a social club bar there that a lot of the away fans use. And Lyndon, listen, my missus watches this. No, I'm not going to Hooters. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be buying me a beer. Can you imagine that? Could you imagine seeing that side of him buying me a beer? As long as it's not Camden Hells again, please. That that that's just mm, not good. Not good. <laughs> right. Um, oh, my screen zoomed. Right, guys. Uh, thanks very much for uh, joining. You want to see what my screen's just done here? Jesus. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Thanks very much for joining. Oh man. What? 
Ah, there it is. My screen just all disappeared. And, uh, it's I'm on a Mac, and if you got one corner, it all disappears. You go to the other corner, it it, it does it does all strange shortcuts. I need to get rid of them. I don't like them. That's Thanks very much for you. watching. Yeah, th th it's it's a computer. It's not an Apple. Cheers, Dan. It's been a pleasure again, Dan. Lovely talking to you, mate. Thanks for having me on. It's uh, it's always nice chatting to you too. Let everybody know where they can check you out and uh, your website and your uh, Twitter and uh, your podcast. Uh, a bird can't wonderland. Just put that in Google. No, put that in Yahoo or Ask Jeeves or DuckDuckGo. Do not use Google. Find us there. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Dan. Uh, we catch up with you soon, and I'm sure we'll chat on, on one of the groups or whatever. Thanks very much. Thanks very, very much, everybody. Uh, remember, if you like what we do, click the subscribe button on YouTube um, and uh, like our Facebook and um, and Twitter. Uh, we, we do this just because we enjoy chatting. Arsenal. Up the Arsenal. You've been listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons and Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too.